hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea podcast. I have a different kind of recovery story for you guys today, but it's going to be, it's going to be great. Hear me out. Haley, Haley Smith. She is a nutritionist and certified fan practitioner. So I know her personally because we went through the fan practitioner certification together. So that's kind of like what our connection and what brings her into the show. And she specializes in helping women find answers to their sub fertility 
which by the way, is like the first time I've heard that term. And I love it because it's like, Mm. just not quite optimal. You know what I mean? Um, So she's on a mission to serve women who have never been taught how their fertility works, which is most people, or give an agency on their own journey to conception in general. So she does this by bringing in a step-by-step process to helping women understand their menstrual cycle, restore their fertility at the root cause level and conceive naturally. Welcome, Haley. Mm, Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. 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 I'm so excited because definitely we have very similar um, approaches to helping women with these issues. And I think that we both like firmly believe that you need to have your foundational stuff in check for fertility before you go down this whole like treatment route. Um, Absolutely. Sorry. I appreciate something I'm really passionate about. about the show. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just to speak to that, like I think of our fertility, if the bones of our house are stable and steady, anything else you try to do is going to crumble. So I know us going through the same certification that was you know, the root of it, of we have to get these foundational factors in place before anything else. So, yeah. Yes. And so you reached out because you're like, I think I have a story to tell that is like relevant to your audience. And I was like, yes, because um, (laughs) in the, you know, in the certification that we were in, we did, and the, uh, the, um, afterwards, like the alumni group, we would just all check in with like our own charts and stuff too. Like it was very much about us as well and not just about um, our clients and our practice. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of like live letting everyone watch you go through your own subfertility journey, you know, which is so cool. And like, first of all, I appreciate that from you because a lot of people think like, I have to totally have it together before I can do this work. And that is so far from the truth. And in fact, the only way you can truly help people is by having your very own experience and understanding in it. So props. Um, But yeah, that was fun to watch. And so I'm excited to just have you here to kind of start from the beginning for us Mm -hmm. about like, what is your story? I don't think you have an actual story with HA, but definitely on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, And what is your story and from the beginning through to like where you are today and how and why as a result you have the mission you have so just like begin yeah oh gosh and that's something I learned from you right away is if it wasn't for you I wouldn't have ever deemed myself to have AJ but to be on that spectrum is very very real and that was new perspective to me and it does start from the beginning. And I think it is important um, to start 10 plus years ago, just to give the full context. I grew up in Southwest Michigan here in the United States, small town. Um, Growing up, my parents were really adamant about us playing sports. So my two loves were soccer and cross country, uh, soccer first, cross country second. Um, Grew up my, really from, gosh, I don't know, we started playing soccer when we were like five years old. So a really young age. Come middle school, I learned that I was a good runner and I could run. And so come high school, uh, gosh, about 2017 was the first year I was playing soccer and running cross country at the same time. And it was in the fall of uh, 2007 that was the first time I lost my period. And um, I think I first got my period. Menarche was around eighth grade. 
So a couple of years before, don't remember too much about them. I remember it being painful, but then the first really big intimate interaction I had with my cycle was that season when I lost my period completely for three months. Once the cross country season ended, I got it back. Come a couple years later, end of high school is when I became sexually active and lied to my parents about having heavy and painful periods and I needed to go on the pill, but it was really for birth control. After I got on the pill, then I started seeing all these things about, oh, the pill is going to make you fat. It's going to make you gain weight. And having a history where one, you know, just women in our society, body image, we know how that story goes. But in my family specifically, it was, it was, um, you know, embedded in me. We get a lot of worth from our body size. My grandmother was morbidly obese. And then that trickled on my mom of like, oh, we need to restrict how much we're eating. So I had that story and that kind of upbringing embedded in me. So then when I got on the pill and people were like, oh, you could be gaining weight from this. I panicked and I quit the pill. A couple of years later, when I was in, or I went on to play college soccer and I was still sexually active. So I got back on the pill, I think from pressure from my boyfriend at the time. And somewhere along the way, I had a big breakup. And again, being told growing up that my worth is tied to my body size and my body size and my image is how we attract a boyfriend. And, you know, the goal is to get pregnant and have a partner um, and get married and all the things that breakup triggered a disordered eating pattern. Now I was playing soccer. So I think being an athlete, I knew like, oh, well, I need to eat something. But if it wasn't for playing soccer, I'm sure I could have gone full anorexic. But so the way I describe it is disordered eating, but kind of looking back, I'm like, eh, it was somewhere along the anorexia. Yeah. Some, for many people, the line is blurred. It's like someone never said I have that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, kind of like AJ, like there's a spectrum to anorexia. Right. And mm-hmm. I was eating meals, but three small meals a day. So at this point I'm on the pill and I'm having the severe disordered eating pattern and I'm playing college soccer. So this is when, you know, hormonal shit show begins, Yeah, but I had no idea. Right. I mean, even I wasn't cycling because of, you know, quote unquote the pill, but even if it wasn't for the pill, like very, very, very small chance I would have been cycling because of my eating and exercise patterns. Um, but I went on like that for a few years through college. Um, come 2014, I started dating a different guy who was very holistically minded and he was like, why are you putting the pill in your body? And I was like, oh, I don't know. So I quit the pill cold turkey and had a health crisis. Everything blew up. I got cystic acne, um, crazy digestive issues and kind of, you know, this post pill syndrome that we hear about around that time I had graduated college and I was transitioning into going to graduate school out in Oregon, which is where I live now. And I always knew I wanted to study nutrition. Um, In retrospect, I'm like, eh, this is probably another uh, tool to control my body. Like, oh, if I know everything I can about nutrition, I can control my body and keep it, you know, be healthy 
like mask it by wanting to be healthy, but really let me know everything I can about food so I can control my body size. But lo and behold, I did move out West. I did a two-year master's degree program in nutrition. And at this point, I mean, you know, I'm still working through these post pills and these post pill symptoms. And then I start studying nutrition and I'm learning about all these therapeutic diets, which include things like intermittent fasting, um, these SIBO protocols, which include, you know, cutting out certain foods and fasting for certain times of the day. Um, and you know, I'm also like a huge nerd. I, I was into the science of it and I wanted to try these things and see how they affected me. Um, but all that to say, I, you know, it didn't help my nutrient depletion pattern that was already happening by cutting out certain food groups and fasting in certain ways to try and heal my body. Um, so that is kind of where I was at that point. And at this point I was cycling, um, regularly from what I could tell it was 2017 when I discovered the fertility awareness method. It was like a weekend workshop that I stumbled upon and it was the first time I heard that we can't get pregnant every single day of our cycle. And my jaw was on the ground and I was like, oh my God, why was I never taught this? So So, I was hooked. I dove uh, headfirst into that. Um, and when I started tracking my cycle, that's when I started seeing, I first noticed my basal body temperature, how low it was. It was like constantly Mm -hmm. in the 96s, um, Mm -hmm. 96 degree Fahrenheit. So that's when I was like, oh, like what's going on with my diet? Um, Graduated from that school in 2018. Um, this all led me to FAM with you and Lisa and that program that I ended up being a part of for about two years. And um, that's when we really got into using the cycle as a diagnostic tool. And at that point, again, my cycles were about 30-ish days, but what I learned to discover is like, I never had any cervical mucus. My temperatures were chronically low. Um, so And I'm attributing that just like, you know, all the years I described of like these really depleted nutrient stores. And so I've made dietary changes, um, got my temperatures up to a healthy range, really that I attribute that to eating more protein, specifically more animal-based protein. Um, Still never had a lot of cervical mucus. That was always something I was constantly working on with Lisa. Mm -hmm. Um, Brings me to 2022. So about a year ago. And what I know you and I kind of think of as our foundational factors, sleep, exercise, stress management, and um, diet all went to, all went to shit. Everything, I went through a really stressful breakup. Um, Again, thinking back to the pattern from college, you know, that triggered some disordered eating patterns. Mm -hmm. I decided I was going to run a half marathon because I needed something (laughs) to get me out of my house. Um, I was also coming out of a winter time in the Pacific Northwest. So very dark, very rainy, very depressing. Okay. Um, and so all that to say from about March, 2022 to November, 2022 through tracking my cycle, I know that I did not ovulate for about eight months. And I attribute that to the stress I was going through the training for a half marathon under eating, um, and just the, the, level of anxiety I'd never experienced before. So all of that to say, and then that's where you kind of saw me go through that journey in 2022. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's where I'm at today and what I just recently recovered from, um, in the last six months or so. So I'll pause there. I know that was a lot. No. So it's, and, and to 
provide context as well to our listeners who don't fully know like what we're talking about when we talk about like the fam parameters like the Mm -hmm. temperatures being low and stuff so you you know you don't have to completely lose your period to be on hormonal struggle street right and so first of all this is where Haley is one of those people it's like you guys listening who's who you might look at and be like oh well she gets to like diet and run a half marathon and do all these things and like she still gets her period you know because in our honestly in this community that's so common for people to just be like why can everyone else and I'll always say you know just like um uh, Lisa would always say show me their chart right yes. show me their chart <laughs> Because just because they're not missing their ability period, you know, doesn't mean that their body's not just like holding on with pinky finger or, or two fingers, you know, to some kind of menstrual cycle activity. So the f- value of having someone like you on our show who I've never really been able to have is like, look, this is what it looks like in someone. They don't always have to lose their period to still be on the spectrum, pushing their body too much, under nourishing, asking of it too much in terms of exercise you know, I'm curious from you. So here's also what happens is because you never lost your period, it almost flew under the radar, right? Until you came across fam and learned, oh, my temperatures are like lower than they're supposed to be. And so we use this as a diagnostic tool to help understand how's estrogen production looking, how's our metabolism looking, um, how's ovulation looking, but you know, if you're not checking your temperature, how would you know? So it, so that, that's like, so fortunate and so lucky, um, from your perspective, what do you feel like made you care that it was, that there was a problem? Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back? from getting your period back. Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot 
and we'll send it straight through to you. You can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you you know, systematically kicked it to the curb. So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot. And it will be waiting for you there. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that. And, you know, I think that's, it's so dangerous just in our day and age of social media and seeing all these, you know, fitness influencers and the way their body looks and making their body look a certain way. One, just through many conversations, like, a lot of women are on birth control and they're just like, oh, I'm on the pill. Of course, I'm not having my period. But even if they weren't, you know, it's like you said, show me their chart. We, they, and the women who are doing it, who are exercising, like, and because I've heard them speak, like, you know, they're eating way more calories than you would ever think for the women who like do care about their cycle and do want to keep their period and work yeah, out. Yeah, who like in this are way. genuine good health. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, like, 2,500, 3,000 calories a day, like way more than anyone would ever think of to like keep their cycle. So yeah, huge, huge, huge gap. And it's, these conversations are so important. Like we just have to start hearing the reality of it. Um, But yeah, so to your question, leading up to 2022, I would consider my cycles like, you know, looked healthy, but the parameters, the lack of cervical mucus, the low basal body temperatures, they were hanging on by one, two, three, four, five threads. Um, but just to like be clear during 2022, I wasn't having a period. It was a breakthrough bleed through tracking my cycle. I know All I right. never ovulated and I want to, I know, cause I've explained this story before and I want to be really clear. I was still bleeding, but there's a big difference between a breakthrough bleed and a period, you know, and an bleed, anovulatory period. And it was an anovulatory, an anovulatory bleed. Exactly. And the only way I would have known that was through tracking my cycle because I never saw the temperature rise. It was like pre ovulatory temperatures, which, you know, they, my temperatures historically were like 97.4 degrees Fahrenheit before ovulation. But while training for the half marathon, they dipped back into the 96s, which mm-hmm. I had never seen for a couple of years. And then I would never get a temperature rise. And, um, in what's normal for me in a healthy cycle is like, I'm, I usually get like 28 to 30 day cycles. But then the first big hint was when I was training for the half marathon, I started bleeding after like 20 or 21 days and without any temperature rise. So for eight months, I had a breakthrough bleed. So what that kind of translates to is there was still some ovarian activity happening. There was some estrogen rise to build up something. I didn't like, I didn't stop bleeding for a year. Um, but I did lose my period in a sense. Like you said, it, it was on yeah. the spectrum. And, you know, what motivated me one before the half marathon before 2022, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge nerd and just like knowing the benefits of having your parameters in a certain range. Um, cause it, what we're talking about is like our metabolic health, which trickles down into everything. You know, we know our menstrual cycle is this fifth vital sign. And if my cycle is this way, then, um, it's going to trickle into other areas of health and, Another important piece of this is I'm not currently on a conception journey, but I do know I want children someday. So preserving my fertility is really, really important to me. And what was interesting in 2022 in retrospect and kind of look at this like experiment, you know, while I was having these eight months of breakthrough bleeds, 
you know, I was also having the most anxiety I'd ever had in my entire life. And if we think about that from a hormonal perspective, I was never having that progesterone rise. Progesterone was like this really, really low for almost a year. And I think a progesterone is this really mothering hormone. It does so much for our nervous system and for our anxiety. So to not have that, I was seeing how not ovulating was impacting all these other areas of my life. And of course I had a million other things going on. There was outside stressors and a million things, but I didn't have the support of my hormone fluctuation. If I would, that I would have, if I was cycling. Yeah. You get a little bit of perspective and appreciation for what women go through with menopause, right? Exactly. Right. (laughs) I get that. So I'm going to try and hold that off for as long as I possibly can. And I do somewhat now feel like I'm on a, let's keep menopause like at bay for as long as possible. 100%. Um, and if you're not, yeah, even if, cause I hear people like, oh, well, we don't want to have kids or like, we've had all of our kids. I'm like, well, now it becomes about feeling good for the rest of your life, honey, because I tell you right now, yeah. <laughs> that's going to go away. And that's so important. So yeah. Okay. You basically had the, the awareness to know, mm-hmm. okay, this is important. And you know, I've been doing all of these things in the pursuit of health. Whoops. That was not actually what health was. I have to like redefine what that looks like. And now you have this like amazing tool that is the fifth vital sign. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, that you can kind of like objectively look at instead of the stories that we tell ourselves of like, this is what I need to do. Like, this is the best thing for me. No. Well, that's the power of charting, right? Cause yeah, yeah, it's like, I was looking, it was right in front of my eyes of like my, my body, like going down really, really fast. Like I was watching my temperatures just tank, no cervical mucus whatsoever, just like completely dry. And I'm like, eventually like, why am I doing this to my body? Why am I depleting myself in this way? Right. And it's like, it's charting, like it's right in front of your face. You know, your, your body doesn't lie. I didn't, I couldn't rely on the story of like, oh, I'm running, I'm, you know, eating in this way, I'm losing weight, whatever that's healthy. But yeah. it's like, no, your body is telling you a completely different story. You're tanking, like you're going, you're nose diving really, really fast. Um, and like, eventually like that, that voice in my head became louder of like, why am I doing this to myself? And, um, I did, you know, and this was before I actually ran the race and I, I did follow through. I did run the race. Um, but once that was done, it was like, you know, complete 180 shift. I'm like, wait, how can I care for my body in the best way possible right now? Yeah. It gives me chills sometimes to think mm-hmm. about like all the women going through that moment. And it's typically, I, I think it's not always like an instantaneous moment. It's more, and I want to hear, because it's my next, this is my next question. Um, it's more like seeds get dropped of this suggestion that the path you're on hasn't been all it's cracked up to be. And there are definitely going to be some people who have this moment of like, oh my gosh, I've been moving in the wrong direction my whole life. But most of us are like, huh. Like I tell this story a lot, but um, when I first ever heard like about HA and that this is, this is what I had and I started looking into it and I heard the first person on the internet somewhere suggest maybe like, having body fat is okay and like maybe you don't need to be super lean and I remember being like that is 
objectively the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, like, like I don't understand. Like that's no. And I think I was on a walk and I think I even said out loud, no, like to myself, I really truly remember that. So it was these small, but, but I kept listening, you know, to that, to those people and what they were saying. So there's like yes. this little part of your brain. That's just like, huh? And no one until you're ready to hear it kind of thing, no one can tell you or convince you what you're doing is wrong. Like until you have it said in the right way with the right evidence. So what I love about, yeah, like having the chart and seeing it for what it is, is you have this story of like, I'm, I'm doing all the things that I've been told are good. And I'm getting thumbs up from everyone around me about all of the things that I'm doing. So I'm very confused, but now you're looking at the chart and like the evidence is there. And so your brain has to like compute everything. And that takes a long time for some people. I'm curious for you, um, what was that journey of like, hang on, this is, this is the problem. Like this isn't actually working. And it sounds like you know, you kind of knew, but you still kept doing some stuff and kind of knew, but you still kept, it's like, tell me about that experience. You made such a good point. And I mean, that's 100% true for me too, is, you know, in 2022, I was the deepest into my career, you know, up until that day, I had all this training. I had my master's degree. I had my certification. I have years of like real world experience. And I still chose to run a half marathon and under eat. Like I knew this, I heard, like you were saying, the little seeds along the way, like Lisa repeated these things every single week. I objectively knew this, but then it took experiencing it for myself and to it be that in my face, like smack me of like, no, this is true. And, you know, to your point, we hear like, oh, you know, gaining weight is healthy for fertility and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I can still run a race. I can still under eat. I'll be okay. I can still get pregnant, but yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, in retrospect, of course, like this experience is what I needed to, to take it more seriously. And, and also, you know, it's helped me understand where my clients are coming from and supporting Mm -hmm. women on a fertility journey. Usually it is that for them of like that smack in the face of like, oh, I'm struggling to get pregnant. Why can't my body do this right now? And that's kind of the unwinding process. I see with them of like, let's go back to where, what, what were you told about your body? What's, what do you know about your fertility? Have you been trying to control your body for these years? And, um, I wish it didn't, I wish it didn't take that smack in the face of not being able to conceive or losing your period. Um, but it's also, I think part of the human experience. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people just totally miss the opportunity, um, and go down the fertility treatment route you know, or, or Mm -hmm. just identify with like, I have painful periods, or I just have always had a light period, or I have always had a 24 day period. And it's just like, because they didn't get the smack in the face, like, how can you expect them to see it? It, You know, it's just not, that's not the world we live in. So you have to have so much grace and compassion. And yeah, I feel like I even remember sort of, um, cause you were good. You would bring your chart to like most sessions and and mm-hmm. um yeah like sort of uh 
like chart by chart, conversation by conversation, start to connect these dots that like, you know, are there and you already know, but like almost start to like activate them. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're like, okay, like I hear you, you know, Lisa or whatever, like I'll, I'll do that and, or not, you know, and like see the results speak for themselves if you yeah. like do or don't do something. And that, so it is like, it does take time, doesn't it? And oh, yeah. we're on a I month think... long cycle. So you have to wait and see. <laughs> exactly. And I, I remember, I, I might've just been like me and you and Lisa on a call and she asked me, she was like, are you willing to gain weight? I was like, my body froze. I started sweating. I think I like stumbled <laughs> over my words and I was like, um, uh, I like, I don't even know what I said. Like I, but it was a big turning moment for me. I'm like, oh, this is still a pattern that is here for me to unwind. And, um, you know, throughout the race, I was tracking my food and making sure I was eating enough protein, quote unquote, even if my calories like weren't there. But um, it was from that moment when she asked me that question that I, you know, stopped tracking all food, started practicing intuitive eating again and um, started this road to recovery. But yeah, but yeah it's, it was a bunch of little things pieced together that did it for me. You know what, like that hard questions that like moment, that. Yeah. Cause that moment, it's a simple question, right? Uh-huh. But it's that disordered eating or eating disorder, you know, that literally never even allowed you to bring the question up for yourself. It's very fascinating how the brain works. Like you could probably have come to that conclusion for someone else, but Mm -hmm. for you, it's just like not even on your radar because it's like, and that's what, that's what any history of eating disorder because they just do not go away you know they get they get you learn to navigate them they get more quiet but they will literally hide stuff from you so like we we talk about blind spots all the time Mm -hmm. it's not very sexy selling point but we try like in our copy for our pages and stuff it's like we will help you find your blind spot and I don't think people see the value because they don't know they have blind spots but they do. And we all have fertility blind spots and it does take someone with, um, who is direct, but with compassion, you know, Mm -hmm. to say, how'd you feel about weight gain? Because I think that's where we're at. And, and oftentimes that's all you need. Have a little cry about it. (laughs) It's not what (laughs) I want to do, you know, but like, but then finally, you can change it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. And it's, I mean, it's no small feat because, you know, Mm. speaking for myself, like we are up against years and years and years of messaging and you being told how your body should look and you being told that you are only worthy if you are this certain size. And this is how you get a partner. And this is how you get power status in your career or whatever. Like we are up against years of messaging. Like, you know, even from like coming out of the womb, like how did my mom eat while she was pregnant? And the messaging that I was like, it's, it can go so deep. It can go so deep mm-hmm. and this can be like generations deep. So the work you're doing is so powerful to take a bird's eye view and ask these questions that nobody has ever asked someone. And um, it's hard. It's hard. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever do, but the liberation and freedom that can come from it, 
um, it's really worth it. For real. Yeah. So with that, you know, tell me about how like the, the desire for you to come into the fertility space happened to you because obviously it happened before you even had this realization because mm-hmm. you were in the family certification and like you're already doing this work with, with clients. So I, I feel like I missed that point where you pivoted into this direction. That's a good question. You know, fertility, it's been something that has kept me on the edge of my seat for so many years in under, undergraduate. I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science. And my final year of um, undergrad, I started doing research into how exercise and nutrition affects gestation. So when a mom is pregnant, what's its impact on this baby? So I don't know where the interest came from. It's always just been so, it it gives me chills. It keeps me like, I'll stay up late reading about it. Um, Do you, do you know a lot about that topic? Some, some, um, it's one of my favorite topics. We should it's do a second, a second episode sometime. Just talk oh, I'd love that. to. But okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you know, I I go kind of two directions with it, like the scientific point, but like kind of what I was just speaking to of like, how is your mom eating and moving while you were pregnant? Like, I can get pretty woo woo with it too. So it's I it's fascinating to me too. I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. Um, but yeah, and then. I don't know. I, I, I literally stumbled across that fam weekend. It was, I thought it was something else that ended up being fertility awareness. And like, mm-hmm. it just captivated me. It's, um, and it's kept my attention for all these years. So, and I'm not sick of it. It's I'm, I love learning about it and learning new things. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's always fascinated me. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, what's your favorite bit helping women just like restore hormones or like literally helping them get pregnant? (laughs) To me, I mean, what I'm so passionate about is one telling women how their body works. Like, cause even, you know, women come to me for support on a fertility journey, but they have no idea how their menstrual cycle works. And that's something I'm really passionate about too, is, you know, (laughs) sex ed is a joke. We all know this and we all deserve to know how our body works. So educating that piece. Um, you know, I've talked to women in their either late twenties, thirties, or even early forties, and they're hearing for the first time how their body works. And so that's, that's a big driving force for me. Um, but then, yeah, to support women on a journey through the fertility awareness method and using the menstrual cycle as a diagnostic tool, as a diagnostic tool, not only to know when you're fertile versus infertile, but what are your basal body temperatures telling us about your metabolic health? What is your cervical mucus telling us about your cervical health? Um, that's, you know, that's keeps me, keeps me really excited as well. And I see it as just such this tool for liberation that we've, that we've never had. And, you know, what I tell women is like, what you're going to learn, like, this is a tool that you're going to use for the next 20 years or, you know, until you hit menopause, this is like lifelong stuff. And it's, um, this liberation that I think we all deserve. So yes, I primarily work with women on a fertility journey, but, um, we always start from the beginning of like, let's actually hear, understand how your body works. Let's go on to build those foundational factors, establish your foundation of sleep, movement, exercise, stress management, nervous system regulation, I think is so important. Um, and then if needed, we can get to the fancier stuff. But like you were saying, I think we're, we're given so many opportunities to bypass so much of this to be on birth control. Like, oh, if you can't get pregnant, let's go to IVF. 
but the women who come to me, it's like, okay, let's, let's do the dirty work. Let's get down to the, the roots here and, um, build up this fertility that you've never had opportunity to. Yeah. It's so fulfilling in so many ways because it's so, it's so intricately connected to like almost every area of a woman's life. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're working on fertility and somehow it's connected to like the fact that you're so rigid about your food intake that you and your husband won't even do like a spontaneous dinner date. You know, like it's, it's like linked to your social life, your relationships, your self-perception, your career. And so it's kind of like a, like a little bit of a life coaching tool as well for Mm -hmm. people. Um, And so it's, yeah, I can see why it's so, um, like people get so passionate about it and yeah. Yeah. Ah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that you kind of got to where you were going um, on your journey. I remember all of your protein increases, you know, all of it. Um, That's, and that's where it's at guys. Like pro tip, (laughs) if you don't do anything else, just for the love of all that is good, eat some protein. I recently heard something. I think I was watching a <sighs> continuing education lecture for PCOS. And the speaker said, when you start eating enough protein, everything in your life changes. I was like, That's pretty accurate. <laughs> it's so true. I know. I reckon, I honestly think I've had like two clients ever where I've looked at their initial food logs and been like, oh, you're on top of protein. Yeah. You know, but typically right. it's because they're like all from the other side of the spectrum and they're like bodybuilders, you know, and so uh, it's like everything else is really low. But yeah, it's it's very it is like when you just get it all in check. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's a huge one. So that's everyone's takeaway. Um now, Haley, you like where can people find you and sort of who is your ideal person? Like who do you specifically? work with? Yeah. So a lot of women who find me are women who are, have been on a conception journey for three, six months, maybe a year to two years plus, and they don't know why it's not happening. They're confused. There's nothing screaming in their face of like, Oh, I know I have this. This is why I can't get pregnant. They're kind of in the dark. They don't know what their missing pieces are. Um, so I love working with those women who just have no idea their labs are coming back normal. The doctor isn't giving them any direction. That's where I use the tool to like, okay, let's find your missing answers and let's start from ground zero here. So um, unexplained infertility and kind of like you were explaining at the beginning, I really work to first shift that mindset of infertility. I don't think it is, it serves anybody. I think it's a phrase that came up for medical diagnostic tools and insurance billing. Um, but, you know, I truly believe a very, very, very small percentage of women are actually infertile. There's no hard data on it, of course, but less than 2%. That's why I really want to start integrating this term of subfertility, because unless you have hit menopause or postmenopause and you are in your reproductive years, there's a very strong chance you can't conceive. We just haven't found the answers yet. And you haven't asked someone to, to give you the patience and to get in the weeds with you and find that missing answer. Um, so I'm really passionate about that. And that's what I get really um, fired up about when women are willing to come in and get in the weeds and find the missing answers. I'd say beyond that, I do work a lot of with women with PCOS. Um, I'm, I'm fairly yes. confident in it. And yeah, at the end of the spectrum, whether it's lean PCOS or you have added weight for PCOS, um, whatever it may be, I enjoy working with those women as well. 
Beautiful. Yeah. We have a lot of people who have both. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of us get our cycles back and then there's a whole optimization phase that needs to happen. So mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they can find you um, mm. where. Yeah. Thank you. So my practice is called innate rhythm. My website is innaterhythm.com. There you'll find a free masterclass where I really walk you through my approach and tangent of action steps you can take away of how to start using your cycle as a diagnostic tool. Um, I'm also on Instagram at haleysmith.fa. That's where I'm most active. Um, and then, yeah, on my website, you can also sign up for my newsletter, which I send out about a monthly newsletter with updates and tips. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having us, for having us, for having, for you being on here. Mm, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> you have a great weekend everyone else we'll see you guys next week and maybe we'll have um Haley back to talk about um yeah the impact of exercise on pregnancy because i think Ooh, it's i'd love to very juicy okay that'll be juicy all right thank you so much bye guys hey there it's me danny and i want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back, in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this 
code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.